You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. That sounds good, Neil. Oh, that sounds good. I know Coach Brent Pry is going to appreciate Little Almond Brothers. Let that mean woman make me a fool. She took all my money. <laughs> all right, everybody. It's a Wednesday, and it's Big Dog Sports Talk. And if it's Wednesday, it is the highlight of the week. We have the Roth Report. From the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. All right, I'm not going to mess this up. Hello, William. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, we miss Rick. I guess they're still down in Daytona Beach or on their way back home, right? Oh, he, he woke up this morning, got the pina colada, Went out to the pool, had the ladies <laughs> suntan him up, and uh, he's listening to us right now, Bill. Absolutely just uh, living the Daytona life. Well, that's the place to be. That's the place to be. Madness is uh, not only the NCAA and the NIT, but the CBI as well for uh, the Highlanders. So, Well, good morning. I'm glad that we have a chance to visit. There's so much happening. And... Uh, yeah, it's good to be with you again. And we're going to get right into it, but I want you to know this is uh, – you know, I'm a listener, and this, right. is one of the, uh, this is one of the best things that you do uh, is to get on this radio show. And uh, everybody here is a Bill, Bill Roth fan, and uh, I know they really enjoy this, and I hope that we don't screw it up, okay? <laughs> we won't. You won't. This is fun. It's easy. Help. By the way, only my mom used to call me William and now Rick consistently. <laughs> over so are you going to Seattle? Are you gonna? No, I'm not. The women leave. Uh, the women's basketball team leaves later today, uh, out to Seattle. And if they if they win the two games there, then they're going to just continue on to Dallas. They wouldn't even come back to Blacksburg. Oh so wow, that's exciting. That could be, too. It could be a very long trip, or it could be a 
a short trip. We well, hope for the they're former. the number one seed in the West, and we certainly hope that that is the case. That uh, this trip out to the state of Washington uh, ends up with a, a you know a long trip away from Blacksburg. So tell us about uh, your thoughts about the matchup in the Sweet Sixteen. Well, and don't take Tennessee's record and think that they're not very good. They're a, they're a really good team, and well, first of all, it's been a, first of all about the Tech team. What a tremendous performance over the weekend in Blacksburg, not only by the team, but by Tech fans to pack Castle and to sell it out twice. Yeah, that was special. And it was a really memorable event. I do think this is, I mentioned this last week on Rick's show, I do think this is the best basketball team, men's or women's, that Virginia Tech has ever had. It's clearly the most accomplished in what it has done and the people it has beaten and the the team that has advanced. Tech did have a men's team in the 60s that reached reach the Elite Eight uh, when the tournament the bracket was a bit different. It wasn't 64 teams back then. But regardless, it was one win away from the Final Four over in Dayton. So that's, the, the to this point, the most accomplished. But this team, uh, what Kenny Brooks has done, and that, and that team is, is legendary. And, and uh, Elizabeth Kitley will have her jersey retired in Castle Coliseum uh, yeah, and soon. They're a number one seed in the NCAA tournament in, in a – huge field where it just it's it's amazing so i'm with you this yeah. is the great now remember this about tennessee if you look at take a look at tennessee if you, well they've lost a lot of games okay look who tennessee played this year okay they, they're they're in the same division in the league of south carolina they played them twice they're the number one seed overall right right they played stanford they're the number one seed in the other region they played indiana right and they played tech so they played five games against number one seeds. They also played Connecticut this year, and they played UCLA this year, and they played Gonzaga, and they played Ohio State, and they played LSU. Basically, um, half of Tennessee's games were against the top four. <laughs> right. So don't think for one minute that Tennessee isn't really good, even though Virginia Tech beat them. And, yeah, they lost those games they played at the number one seeds. I mean, no one has beaten South Carolina. But don't think that – that Tennessee is not going to be really, really challenging to beat again. And uh, I, I, they're, they're really good. Tennessee uh, scores a lot. They're averaging 77 points a game. I looked at their statistics earlier this morning. They, they score a lot. But they give up a lot of points. But again, look at who they played. And Tennessee is made to win in, in March. And they, they play a ridiculously challenging schedule. Clearly the toughest schedule of any women's basketball team. I'm looking at the advanced stats right now. They had the number one, overall the number one non-conference schedule. Uh, so don't be, don't be confused by, well, this isn't a vintage Tennessee team. Right. Well, it, it may not be, but it's still going to be a real big challenge for, and that the, game for is, anyone who uh, plays them. Yeah, that game's scheduled for Saturday at 6.30. I think that's correct. Eastern time, isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the um, the the but we want that kind of schedule right now for the Hokies because they would play Tennessee legendary girls basketball then they would hopefully I mean they likely meet UConn correct right oh the the Blue Bloods are there yeah don't get me I wrong mean, right. right that's what I'm saying is that Virginia Tech now has their opportunity to by the way how how odd is that that Virginia Tech and Tennessee two campuses that are that are three hours apart right. we've as we've learned Bristol's halfway right. We, and and to meet in a, the, we're meeting in the neutralist of neutral courts, Seattle, the fish market. 
Yeah, was I'm cool. excited for what a great experience that's going to be for our players. I mean, for a lot of these young ladies, this is going to be the longest flight they've ever been on. It's about almost what five and a half hours, and but by the time you're on and off the plane, it's well over six hours. So, just to, for all the girls that are going out there from Hartford, from Knoxville, from Black, you know, it's a cool experience. But it is, it is a, uh, it's challenging for fans. It's expensive to get there, obviously, for fans, and and I know if, if this. If the Hokies were in Greenville, there'd be thousands of Tech fans getting ready to drive down there and no say for Tennessee fans or camp. That's, that's expensive regardless of who you cheer for to get all the way to the West Coast. But if they can get past Tennessee, then it's likely UConn. And if they get past UConn and make it to the Final Four, South Carolina is going to be waiting on them, correct? Yep. Yeah. So that's going to yep. be some kind of special run. And uh, hopefully uh, – So excited for them. And, yeah. and uh, this is great what Kenny's done and – the, the recruits that they've got four top 100 recruits coming. Yeah. I don't want to say this is going to happen every year, but it will happen again. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Kenny Brooks has done that and you can see the, the way that um, the way that his players play for him and the way that they celebrate him after those games and those post game interviews. It's just uh, it's a beautiful thing. Enjoying our fans reaction to it. By the way, are Hokey fans ready to embrace a winner? Virginia Tech is <laughs> there's so, Hokie fans. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're all together in this whole thing, right? They're ready to. Yeah. W- when Tech football gets this thing turned around, Lane is going to be. I mean, Lane was back last year. Yeah. yeah you know, emotionally and the juice and the energy. And yeah. if I'm yeah. correct on this, Bill, Virginia Tech and Kansas State are the only schools in Division One that still have not won a national championship as a team. Is that is that does that ring a bell with you? I think that sounds about right. The team national championship. There's been right. a bunch individuals, of individuals, but right. not yeah, none of the team. The team won. Correct. I think that I think that's right. I'll have to look that back up. All right, tell me a little bit about uh, it's March, and yeah. so tell us about your bracket. Uh, you know, we, we did, did it, we did our picks out? last week. Boy, were, were Rick and I off. Rick, by the way, had suggested I like Furman. I said, nah, I like Furman too, but they're not going <laughs> to. If you listen to our, our our discussion last week, we had. Ryan Odom and Utah State winning. We were wrong there. We had yeah. Arizona in the Final Four. They got beat like hours later. So, yeah. So uh, it's been a wild tournament. Yeah. No. Um, Neil and I went through uh, our brackets, and uh, yeah, I was done by by cocktail hour on Thursday. <laughs> I already had UVA knocked out, Purdue knocked out, and then Arizona losing to Princeton. Uh, that was that was quick for me. That, that yeah, bracket. the best of one is beautiful. The uh, FAU. Advance, you know, it, it's funny. Both of the Miami teams, FAU and Miami, are in the Sweet Sixteen. That's more than the whole ACC has. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone down in Miami cares. Uh, but to have two teams from the same city in the in the Sweet Sixteen, that's you know, usually when you think about the epicenter of college basketball, you don't you're thinking like, uh, you know, Raleigh and Chapel Hill and Durham, right? You know, so you're not thinking South Florida. So have you looked at it uh, enough to know uh, who you like now? I mean, who who are the teams that uh, you expect to be in the Probably Alabama, right? Yeah, you yeah. like Alabama? Yeah, they're looking good. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we were talking earlier about UConn. They 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 do fit your eye. I mean, when you see them play, they they look the part. I mean, that uh, that's a good-looking team. So one bad night gets you though. You know, oh. one off shooting night. I'm 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 excited about the Gonzaga UCLA rematch. That's a little we do our Baker team game of the week coming up in a bit. So a little preview there. Oh, is that a little preview? Little that was the game of the year in the tournament last year, and, and and I'm really looking forward to them playing again. And 
College basketball is better when UCLA is good, and this will be their third straight Sweet 16. Uh, college basketball uh, is better when Gonzaga is good, which they usually are. And, and to have the two, you know, those are the two most known and probably the best two programs on the West Coast. And so for them to get a chance to play is good. But we won't uh, go any further into that, and we'll we'll save that for the for the big crescendo here at the at the end of this. Tell us about uh, World Baseball Classic. I know you wanted to hit on that. And, I thought that was one of the greatest things in baseball that's happened in decades over the weekend. The television ratings were incredible. The, the perform, performance by the major league players was incredible. Uh, seeing baseball played for national pride, uh, not only by you know Venezuela and Dominican Republic and Japan and Mexico, but by the U.S. guys uh, was incredible. And I thought last night... Uh, the Otani Trout at bat was one of the most significant at bats in the history of baseball, and it happened before spring training even gets going. Um, I thought right, the wait, World I Baseball t- 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 Classic. Bill. Hey, Bill, yeah. will you relive that because I didn't get a chance to see that. I was watching CBI basketball, and uh, and well, came the two California Angels team. The score is three to two. It's the ninth inning, sold out stadium. Uh, best pitcher for the Angels against from Japan. Best hitter in the. the the world, Trout, a teammate for the Angels, 3-2 ninth inning, and he strikes him out on a 3-2 slider. Wow. Uh, Fox covered it. Um, not hyperbole, the greatest worldwide at-bat, worldwide, in the history of baseball. That That is something else. To hear you deliver it like that is... Uh, now, it wasn't a World Series, right? but the world was watching. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the, what makes yeah. it great. Right, so we're gonna have more on that in a bit. And again, some of the play- for some of the players, it meant more than the major league season. You're playing for your country, right? And yeah. um, huge for Japan as a country. Yeah, that's- huge for the United States as a country, and uh, huge for amateur baseball in our country. And uh, you know, just like the NCAA tournament, it's it's you know best of one, <laughs> win the game, not a series. And it was great. I thought it was. I thought it was really impactful. And it came down. And, and, and Joe Davis and Fox were amazing. They brought their whole. They covered it like it was the World Series. Fox had their whole crew there, and I thought they did a great job. By the way, covering the, the WBC, yeah. and it'll, it'll get bigger and better. Well, I got you, and uh, it's neat to, to to hear you talk about it because I can hear the energy that you're talking about it. I just didn't get a chance to check it out. And uh, I'm really disappointed now. After, after you deliver it like that, I'm like, oh, I missed out. But uh, I was watching the Highlanders uh, playing the CBI. Yeah. Hey, let's switch up and, and talk a little bit about uh, spring football and uh, Brent Pry. Have you met the new coaches? Have you had a chance to uh, meet Elijah Brooks and Ron Crook? Oh, yeah. In fact, I've been texting with both of them this morning. We're doing uh, Coach Brooks and Coach Crook. We're doing um, uh, a story for Hokie Sports on the, our new assistant coaches. And I actually met Coach Brooks. I did a... About let me think the year that would have been in seventeen. Um, I, I did a, a ESPN game uh, when Dematha played St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow! They did a one-off football game on a Friday night, and so Dematha was really good, and Aquinas was as usual elite. And they played a game, and um, so I met him when he was coaching Dematha. He left them was an assistant coach at Maryland before coming to Tech. Coach Crook was at, well, West Virginia, Tech's new offensive line coach. He was yeah. at WVU for a while and, and did not know him. I just knew he he was there. 
And uh, But we've been texting this morning, and we'll have an article on those guys we're going to visit uh, later today. We're three practices in the spring ball. The spring game's coming up in a bit on the 15th, so lots to get to there in the next couple of weeks. We had Pro Day over the weekend, or on uh, Monday. Eleven Hokies participated in Pro Day. But what I'm most excited about is coming up on uh, this weekend is the Virginia Tech Chalk Talk, which it, in essence is a coaches clinic. And coaches from all over the region are going to be in Blacksburg, but Foster is going to speak. Some other non-Virginia Tech coaches will speak. Um, but the Tech coaching staff and, and whatnot will be there. And it's a great way to uh, build camaraderie and fellowship with the people that are coaches in VHSL throughout Virginia, coaches at private schools throughout Virginia, that come to Blacksburg and get to see what Pry and his staff do and, and, and do it not only, you know, they'll, they'll watch spring practice on uh, Friday and then uh, they'll have a barbecue and a clinic. And I think it's great and it's something, as, as you build stability on your coaching staff and you get to meet the high school coaches and, and, their, and, and, their, and their, their staffs too, right? The, right? the quarterback coach at this high school, the running back coach at that high school, it's really, really important. And yeah, I agree with you and the, the, the – uh, the important part of it is the connection between the coaches because that's when your recruiting starts and you can, you know, you can, those relationships matter. And uh, when you've got, you know, top notch high school coaches coming to your college campus, uh, nothing but good things can come from that. Correct. So, you know, sometimes building a football program is like turning a cruise ship, right? It, it, it's not like turning a. Right. You know, so, a little center console fishing boat. It's a cruise ship, and, <laughs> and it takes a while to make, you know, slow it down and turn it, and that's what Pry's doing. And the yeah. current hasn't been good. So uh, they're trying to turn that turn that cruise ship around here. Yeah, well, all of us really do, um, you know, we, we feel like he's going to be able to get it done. I mean, everybody's in, in his corner. Yeah, what you know, what I really like about the, the new Pry is the transparency in the program and the accessibility for everybody now. I mean, I think that's a – that's a big culture change um, from the last regime at Tech, and, and I think that's going to go a long way. Don't you think, Bill? I hope so. I mean, it really comes down to wins and losses. There's You can have theories and, and talks and, and whatnot, but they're going to have to win some games. And uh, the, the ACC's changed its scheduling model, and Tech has changed its – I mean, we've got two Big Ten teams on the non-conference schedule this year. So this, this, the – the schedule's going to be a bit more challenging. There's going to be no more hiding out in the cozy coastal, you know what I'm saying, where where you feel like you've got wins built in to your conference schedule. But uh, I'm excited about the players they're bringing in, and, and that's the number one thing. But, but I, do think, I do think you're 100% right. The transparency, the, the staff that he has, the uh, commitment that those guys are showing, and the, the commitment that the players are showing. If you – Walk through the weight room today as opposed to March of 22, you'll see the difference in the size and you'll see a difference in uh, athleticism. I, I hate to use that word. I don't even know that is officially a word in the dictionary. But, you know, they're bigger. They're bigger than they were a year ago. The same guys. You can just look across the board at heights and – well, not the heights, but the weights of each kid, and you can see they've done a good job over the years, and that's commitment on their part. And they're staying. That's the other thing is that they're they're committed to the program, and that's – that's where the direction of the program needs to go. Hope so. All right, Hope so we so. are going to take a small break right here. And then if I'm following what I think they normally do or what you normally do on this wonderful Roth Report, we'll come up with the SMA update. And then the Baker team game of the wing, we teased it a little bit. 
But we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back with the wonderful Bill Roth. Louise Baker and the Big Dog team up for another ticket giveaway. Virginia Tech Baseball against UVA. The first weekend in April. A family four-pack of tickets for Saturday and Sunday. Nothing better than Hokies and Hoos. Listen on Wednesday, March the 29th for details and a chance to win. Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster Realtors. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda remind you to go Hokies. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. From the classroom, to the studio, to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech Sports Media and Analytics Program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. All right, everybody, so uh, this is the SMA update, and Bill, what's the latest? Well, this week has been really interesting in, in our uh, intro to sports media class. We spent some time this week, and in our sports and entertainment class as well, we spent some time this week talking about the bankruptcy of regional sports networks and what that means to teams and leagues in our industry moving forward. For those that don't follow it, uh, when Sinclair Communications uh, purchased the RSNs, and a whole bunch of them, it's like 42 teams overall on their various networks, and rebranded it as Bally, Valley Sports. Um, that was right before the pandemic hit. And since then, the model has changed and they're hemorrhaging money and they declared bankruptcy last week. And so we looked at what that means for those teams and those, not only the broadcasters, but the fans of those teams. And had uh, we looked closely at Minnesota because the Valley Sports up there does, they have four teams because they've got the, the WNBA team as well. So what that means for the Twins is they get set to start opening day and will fans be able to watch the Twins, but it impacts a lot of people. And uh, the industry is changing quick. The industry is changing. You know, the, the tech, technology is there now to do a direct-to-consumer where you would just click on your phone and watch games. We can do it, but the, the without cable, without cable, it's hard to come up with the money. You know what I'm saying? Because right. Because... Even if you don't watch Big Ten Network, if you have cable, you're paying for it. And even if you don't watch ACC Network, if you have Comcast, you're paying for it. And that money goes to the conference and thus to the schools. And the same thing with the teams. And I'm not so sure. Oh, I am sure. that Other than maybe the Red Sox, I don't know. I don't know that there's a major league team or the Yankees that could, that could get enough fans to pay 10 bucks a month to watch their games. And the, the numbers would be the same as you would get over a linear channel, like a cable, like a, um, what we have now if you have, if you have cable or YouTube TV. Um, so that's what we've been going into, the, the, the numbers of it. Where, where are the teams going to come up with the money to pay the players right. if these RSNs go under? So the- We can get the games on TV. <laughs> I mean, you'll be able to right. watch them, right? But the uh, you know the California Angels are expecting a 
very, very big seven-figure check on Friday, and it didn't come. But that's very uh, it, that's a big topic uh, when you talk about uh, bankruptcy and sports, and you know, just a wonderful thing that you've done at Virginia Tech, the the sports media and doing the sports analytics. And having discussions like that, those people, of course, you're, of course, it's kind of <laughs> you might be scaring them when you're <laughs> talking about bankruptcy and whether these guys are going to have jobs and everything. Uh, well, the broadcasters will have jobs, but the, will the player, like I said, now these owners are wealthy; they will figure it out, and the the leagues are going to figure out a way to keep it going. Right? The leagues need the teams, right? But uh, the regional sports network model appears to have run its course. Where where you live in, pick a city, guys. Charlotte. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a Bally's market, though. So okay. You live in Minneapolis, All right. and you're paying, you're paying 100 bucks a month for your cable, and everybody else is, and, and you, get the, you, know, you get the Twins game, and you get the Timberwolves game, right? And you get the NHL team, the Wild, and you get the WNBA team. Uh, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In a Minnesota, you know, Pittsburgh, Denver, Dallas. There's a lot of that's millions and millions of people. So. Yeah, I mean, that's just an interesting topic. Yeah, Charlotte is a Bally sports, but they just have the, the one pro team, right? They, they, yeah. The NFL is not involved in this. The NFL has so much money from its national network, it doesn't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, Shopford shouldn't have thrown Well, they got Charlotte. the MLS team now in <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah. So. Well, MLS, now say, now, we've, we've, they, two weeks uh, ago, MLS has gone exclusively with Apple, Yeah, that's right? Apple, uh, yeah. Yeah, Apple TV now. So this is crazy, right? Because this is stuff we, didn't, we weren't talking about two years ago, right? Like, the Pac-12 doesn't have its rights yet settled, and they're trying to make money and... and and where is it going to come from? And they're talking about Amazon and Apple on the Pac-12 side. And just we're getting up, old, boys. We're getting old. Yeah. And just bring it up to ACC and and that just real quick. Um, are we going to stick with that television contract? Is that actually going to last to thirty six, or is? I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Ooh. You're going to have to get a, an attorney involved to look at that. I am an attorney. I mean, the contract is pretty firm. Uh, you know, lawyers on both sides and all the schools made sure that it was a lock contract that ESPN slash Disney had to pay. Yeah. Yeah, we got another 12, 12 years on that contract. Now, how, how would it – how would you open a window to renegotiation? Well, you would expand. Well, okay. But – yeah, uh, you're going to sure take Washington, Cal, and Stanford. I mean, right. you know, you know, you, but, and that's what the SEC and the Big Ten did. You know, their contracts were coming to an end, and they went out and the Big Ten got USC and UCLA, and the and the SEC went out and got Houston, um, Texas and Oklahoma, right? Well, I hope and they the Big Twelve went out and got uh, you know UCF and BYU. I'm not sure who who would be left that would fit in the ACC other than you know Notre Dame. Whatever happens in the ACC, I hope the product that they put on the ACC network improves. I think well, having winning championship teams would help. Yes. Yeah. That's the first step. All right. Well, that is your SMA update. And now we're going to go to your tease, the Baker team game of the week. Bill, what will that be? Well, I was going to go Gonzaga-UCLA in the rematch in the men's tournament because I thought that was the most exciting game last year. In the, in the whole thing, and to see them play again is great. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Hokies involves in the women's tournament Saturday in Seattle. So that's yeah. my game. 
And, and that is my Baker team game of the week. And I think that's the, exactly uh, Louise Baker wants you to pick <laughs> that game. But it is the it is. Now, the we game. know, right, we know, and, and when we're going to look back on it, it's actually going to be like FAU winning an NCAA tournament Sweet 16 game on a half-court shot. Like, that is going to happen, right? Something that we don't, or Princeton. Like, something is going to happen this week that we don't expect, even though it happens every year in this NCAA men's tournament. Right. And but, that, uh but in terms of uh, anticipation, to get your popcorn, to get your schedule, Hokies Vols Saturday. Yep. Saturday, 6.30. Absolutely fantastic. All right. So now we've come to everybody's favorite part. And I tell you what, uh, let me just ask you this. If you're not doing anything, Neil and I would love for you to just keep talking to us uh, for the for the remainder of the hour. Is, <laughs> I'm serious. We, I'm we, running out of topics, but I no, I have no, nowhere to go. You're never running out of topics. If, if you're good, we'll, we'll take a break. And I'll then, take uh, calls, take questions, take time. I'm, I'm here. Oh, Whatever you want to do. that's perfect. I tell you what, Neil, let's take a commercial break right now. Well, let's get well, through. We, we still have to do our yeah, top do three. Let's I, do I, wanted, the, I wanted to tease that, but we, I will go right to it. All right, everybody. Okay. Here is the top three. The What is it? The new? NRV Heart Clinic. The NRV three. Heart here we Clinic. Go. Top three. Play it, baby. Ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3, presented by New River Valley Heart Clinic in Radford. Are you guys ready? We're ready. What are, give, give yeah, us what's your top our top three, three are the top, the top three that? moments, the top three moments in baseball history, okay, that did not involve major league games. Ooh, that's the top three moments a, in baseball history that did not involve wow. major league games. And this can't be. This cannot be movies, right? We're not talking about like Field of Dreams, and, <laughs> right? Which is the greatest movie of all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I like that. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. We're, I'm talking about the actual happened on a field, but it did not involve major league, you know, major league baseball games, World Series games. Okay, number three. This is number three is all encompassing because it depends on where you are from and where you grew up or where you live, and that is. A plethora of Little League World Series games. The first, you know, Gary Sheffield playing for his Little League or the first girl to play Little League baseball, okay? So many amazing moments have happened in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. So I'm putting that as number three. All right. Okay. Number two, um, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, which has happened over the weekend, that the, the... this World Baseball Classic, which has just concluded, the person who would be smiling the most is Walter O'Malley, okay? Because I think one of the greatest things that ever happened in Major League Baseball happened in 1956. In 1956, the Brooklyn Dodgers went to Japan for a 20-game exhibition series, okay? This is before they moved to L.A., okay? This was Walter O'Malley saying the Dodgers can make a difference. The Dodgers can make a difference in the growth of baseball worldwide in tiny little Brooklyn going to Japan. The Dodgers can make a difference in the health of the U.S.-Japanese relations because only 11 years had passed since the U.S. dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, okay? Okay. They went out there for an 11 or for a 20-game series, and actually the Dodgers went to Hiroshima. O'Malley took the entire team there. Okay? Wow. 
And ironically, these would be the last games Jackie Robinson ever played because he retired before the start of the 57 season. So where was Jackie Robinson's last games? The 20 games the Dodgers played in Japan. Hmm. Okay. Now, the Dodgers went back in the 60s, and in 93, the Dodgers went back for a tour of Japan and Taiwan. But O'Malley thought that baseball could be great to help the world heal and that the Dodgers were the team to do it. And he also thought it would grow the sport, that it really should be a worldwide sport, not just American kids. So that's number two on my list. Mm, And I think number one is what just happened and and, and culminating last night with the U.S.-Japan baseball game, with the, the drama of it, what we saw this past week. I think it was huge for the sport. More kids will be playing baseball this week worldwide than ever because of what happened. And I think it's a, it's a whether the timing of it is right. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, you've just lost your relief pitcher for the season. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're going, well, was it worth it? But for the players, maybe not for all the American players, but I think for a lot of them, like this meant more. For the, and Cuba, they did have a, uh, their catcher defected. But, but Cuba let their players come to the U.S. to play. But, but for those – and by the way, these are all major league players. Right. <laughs> they take great pride with that Mexico on the front and Cuba, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico, and Japan, right? Yeah. Even, even the Israeli team, they had a sense of humor. They, they, <laughs> they, the, I think the Israeli baseball Twitter feed was one of the funniest things because they were, they were so self-deprecating. They, they got lost once, and they said, you know, even Moses got lost once. You know, they tweeted that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, and, and again, your energy that you're bringing to this uh, World Baseball Classic, for that to make your list as number one in the history Non-Major League Baseball. And the tickets were, I mean, the, the tickets for this were pretty steep. You couldn't get in. Everything was sold out. It was at a Major League Stadium, and it was at a site with Fox and, you know, Pop, big poppies there doing color and Ken Rosenthal and, and Oral Hershiser's doing color and Joe Day. It was, it was the World Series crew. And even for non-U.S. games, like the, the the Mexico, the Mexico game against Japan did incredible ratings because I think it was a one-off, and people do like a one-off. And there's there's great nationalism, right? Right. Because your your favorite players, like if you're an Angels fan, your best two players are competing against each other for different countries, and so it can't. Where do we see the ratings from last night? They're going to be huge in L.A the nation's second biggest market. No, you know, imagine a, if your two favorite players on your team are competing against each other for their home countries. How cool that is. And I'm, you know, like I say, I, I hate it that I missed out on your celebration of this because I, I was into basketball just because it's, it, that's, it's, it's March. But my goodness, um, you making that the number one, you know, non-major league baseball history event, um, I, I didn't celebrate it enough, Bill. I really didn't. So for the Japan game against, um, it was the Japan-Mexico game. Half the population of Japan watched it. 50%. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. I mean, that's, um, that, that means that this is this. Millions this, this and millions and millions classic. of people. It's yeah. exactly what you just said. It is the. Yeah, it's the World Cup of baseball. Right. Correct. And it meant a lot to the American guys, too. If you saw the, the shots in the dugout, they were, they were upset. 
They were mad they lost that game last night. Yeah. Um, and what but they're a run competitors. The, you know, what a run the states had to get to the championship game. I mean, yeah, goodness did, gracious, yeah. what a what a couple of games those were. Now, what we need is, you know, some of our best pitchers opted, you know, they're getting ready for spring training. And um, um, I think Major League Baseball, we, I mean, we probably had our best, uh, you know, you, you had your best lineup in, in the field, but there were some pitchers that opted out of it. But I don't think they will now, now that they see how they're, you know, the word's getting around how much fun it is. And by the way, it's fun. Like, the fans are singing and there's music playing as you're at bat. It's really cool. I mean, it, it, a guy gets on base, all of a sudden it's like a European soccer game. People are screaming and singing and chanting and swaying. I mean, it's really neat. It's a totally – I went to – about six years ago, I went to a uh, Marlins game way down there. And they had, it was DR9, Dominican Republic night. And like people are bringing trumpets and Zuzu Velas to the game. And they didn't stop playing when someone was batting. They just kept singing the whole time. They had so much fun. <laughs> just like you would at a football game. No. I mean, that's, uh, I mean this is the, the number one non-major league baseball story. And, it's, uh, and I'm glad that you're bringing it, you know, bringing it the attention that it deserved because – I, I just feel terrible now. <laughs> I should have been watching that last night. That's why you can call it up on. That's the beauty of your of a social the, media. Uh, call it up on Twitter or YouTube. Yeah, the the um, the, the one that did uh, strike me was the I think it was Mexico and Puerto Rico. Was that the one that started off with the home runs that uh, yeah got all the attention of kind of now that was a little bit of a showboat. I didn't like that, but the energy the Otani Trout at bat last night that ended it was amazing. Three two pitch. Well, he's throwing like a hundred and four mile an hour fastballs, right? And then you know it's a three two. He missed. He bounced up the two two pitch, so it's three two. It's down to the last pitch, ninth inning, and he throws the most wicked slider you'll ever see. And it started, it started belt high, and then the next thing you know, I mean, it, it, it could have bounced, <laughs> right? Um, you know. So now I'm like I'm really excited for I mean I can't I mean, all those guys go their separate ways today and, and you know they're off to their spring training sites. I think it's a great boost for uh I mean everybody in the baseball world was amazed by the energy. And I think Major League Baseball picked up on something. You know, we have new rules this year, the the pitch clock, the, they're trying to speed up the games. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh Well, the, we need to do something because people under 30 are not watching baseball. Right. At least not the way Major League Baseball was presenting it. But the way these international rules were and the new these new timing rules, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's needed. I do. I do think that the. the By the way, I don't want people bringing trumpets to every game. It got old after about the third <laughs> inning. So the the World Cup atmosphere for baseball. That's yeah, you know, soccer's over in ninety minutes. You can get away with it. <laughs> hey, hey tell, uh, I'm just going to switch it up to Virginia Tech a little bit. Tell me about your connection with Virginia Tech baseball right now. Do you? Are you involved in that, or do you just go as a fan? What is um, what's Bill Roth? I'll follow them closely. We have our students calling their games, and Evan Hughes is is doing them for for Learfield. They've got uh, they did not play well over the weekend at Miami. They 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 lost that series, so their Hokies are now one and five in the conference. They lost two of three to BC, and they lost all three at Miami. And now they got to go to Pitt. Right. So I think the most important thing now is to to dig out of this hole is just to try to win series. Take two out of three at Pitt and. They come back uh, well midweek this week. 
there's some games too, but the, the the important thing are these are these conference games, and uh, you know they lost a lot of players so off of last year's team, but they did not pitch well in Miami. Obviously, they they gave up, they got beat twenty one to six in one game, and they gave up eleven or twelve runs in another. So, um, the, you right. know that's name of the game there so if early on by the way miami's good too so like people see the Hokies are ranked and miami is not and and think oh we should we you know sweep that series that's not it's kind of like i'm kind of like the the yellow light is flashing on the virginia tech tennessee thing right don't think that like tennessee's not good in women's basketball this year right because they're they're not a one seed you know it's it's that's just as much of a, a reflection on who it played as to how good the team is. Now, I did see that the softball team though had a uh, had a wonderful weekend. Yep, they, they swept Georgia Tech, and yeah. they're doing great. And um, that's that's a fun team to watch. It's funny for the, our our play by play class. I give them an assignment actually this week. This week they have to go out to English Field and call baseball games. And some of the kids asked, "Can we do a softball game instead?" They really like softball, and it's faster. And it's again, they're under thirty, and and they're willing to commit an hour and a half to a game, not four hours, and so. They're gravitating to softball. Yeah, it How is faster, it, and it does uh, move along uh, to where you do get it to enjoy it. Just in, in a and if someone's up fourteen to one, you end the game, right? You know, not keep playing like that. Get, get that game in Miami on Saturday, the first game of the doubleheader, and Miami's up. You know, they scored twenty-one runs, and you know, Tech's like, all right, we're not going to waste any more pitching, <laughs> and and there's no clock. So Miami just keeps getting hit after hit after hit off of people that probably wouldn't be pitching otherwise because you want to save your pitcher for the second game of a doubleheader yeah, in the so last game of the series. So give us a little you know, bit more insight into what you what your class is like. So sports media and analytics is what we're talking about. So SMA at Tech and Bill Roth has done a wonderful job of putting Virginia Tech on the map for broadcasting. So tell us about what these students do. You say that they're going to go to the baseball game and do class. How many people are we talking about? Well, how do you, there's how do you, 20, how do you there's 20 young men and women in that class. By the way, it's not just me. We have a, a faculty. <clears throat> Anthony Amy joined our crew this year from Channel 2 in Atlanta, WSB. He's teaching our Sports Center class and some others as well. You come in, and our multimedia journalism major at Tech uh, had been in place for a long time, and several years ago we added SMA, which is basically seven sports-specific classes. Okay. So everyone comes in as taking video production and multimedia reporting and data journalism and broadcast management and communication ethics, and I'm, I'm looking at the, che- the sheet here, uh, social media theory, free speech, uh, calm law, right? That's that's the one that they all get anxiety over because it's a law class. Um and then in for sports we have we have a play by play class we have a class called sports is entertainment which i actually teach cool. we go from transistor radios to movies to over the top streaming services is how sports works and what does work everything from well rsn's going bankrupt to super bowl halftime shows and that type of thing yeah so ha- uh, just walk us through it how how do i if i'm in class and i'm right. doing my broadcasting what what is it? Uh, how many groups are we talking about? How many? How's that graded? Well, there's only one real. We, we, well, we have two two quote broadcasting classes. One of them is the play by play class, and then the other one is our capstone class, which is Sports Center, which is done in the studio. The play by play class, uh, we go through theory. We have speakers, and then we actually get kids out to the stadium. Uh, if it's during football, they'll do a football game. If it's 
this semester, the spring semester, they called a men's and women's basketball game. They'll call baseball or softball. And then we have a lab in which we're able to recreate NBA and NFL games digitally. And it looks and sounds like a real game. And they learn everything from how to do a play-by-play spotting chart to how to set up your analyst to actually call the games. Then we have different speakers come in uh, and and speak with the kids, sometimes in person, uh, sometimes over Zoom. And so, for example, next Tuesday, we're going to have a baseball broadcaster zoom in and the kids will have a chance to Q&A with with that person. But but people have been really receptive. Um, Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Chicago Bulls, comes in and talks about how he does his games. And you know, there's an awful lot of NBA games and, and, you know, they're playing 80 games. Plus, there's some preseason games. And if you make the playoffs, it could be, you know, well over 100 games and how he prepares for each one. And. It's, it's really interesting to hear the give and take, um, the, the how hard it is to get there. You know, there's there's way more NBA players than NBA broadcasters. Right. It's it's harder to make that league as a player than as a broadcaster. Hmm. And uh, all these teams, right? There's there's only one NFL voice of the fill in your favorite team. Right. But there's 50 players. So you better be really good and work really hard, and and that that's kind of the message and. That we get them. Bill, do you? Ninety nine percent of the jobs are behind the scenes, yeah. so we I think we we reinforce that a lot. And and most of these people, it's good to know how the on air product works, but it's more important to know the business side of it, and it's more important to know the technical side of it because that's where the jobs are, and candidly, where the stability is right now. If you can, and we make everybody do graphics and audio and and understand how to set up and run a camera and and how to direct and how to produce. And we've been so blessed. Eric Fry, our Hokie Vision ACC network operation over there is amazing. And it's a, that's, you know, the Hokies are playing in the Sweet 16 and the game's on ESPN2, and there's a lot of students involved in that production. You know, the, the you didn't hear it, you may not have noticed because of the talent was was people brought in by ESPN Bristol, but the, the camera operators and the young lady running audio, yeah, that's an SMA student. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, do you personally critique uh, some of the play-by-play? All of it. All of it? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, we've, uh, we appreciate you taking uh, this, this hour, this power hour. That, uh, the power hour. <laughs> because the, the Roth Report does dominate that, and I'm telling you right now, I enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed it, too. I'm glad Rick Watson got the day off. <laughs> but anyway, and we're... Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. It was hey. a pleasure visiting with you, you fellas. Yeah, I appreciate it, Bill. That was the uh, Roth Report. You're listening to uh, Big Dog Sports Talk on WRAD. <laughs> so what do you think of the new big screen TV? Pretty good fit in this room, huh? Man, I'm so glad we called Louise to help us find our new home. That apartment was just too small with the new baby. Louise listened to what we wanted, we discussed what we needed, and she found us this great house. We're so happy here. This is Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long & Foster Realtors. When you are ready to purchase, check us out at nrvhomes.com. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda will work hard to find your right space. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today. The official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics.